show in just a second because we got to get up on other forms of media in just a moment here. And we're up on other forms of media. Uh, hello, YouTubers. Hello, Facebook livers. Or is it Facebook livers? Uh, and hello, um, audiophiles listening on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. You are watching and listening to episode 60 something of Living on a Thin Line. 61? Uh, episode 61 of Living on a Thin Line. Uh, this is our daily podcast, not a podcast, a community that we have been doing since um, since kind of right around the time that we got quarantined here in the greater Phoenix area. Some of you have been quarantined a little longer. Some of you have been let off your leash and you're running like dogs through the street. And I hope that you don't. Uh, I hope everything works out for you. It is uh, this is a show we do every day at 2 p.m. It is your daily diversion from all the craziness, insanity, hoopla and anxiety that seems to permeate. Are, uh, for lack of a better term, society today. Uh, it's a great show. I think it's a great show. That's why I do it. Uh, it's really not my place to say it's a great show. That's someone else's decision. That's not my decision to say it's a great show. But uh, I have a great time doing it. And uh, we just committed to doing it every day. And it was something that we did because uh, everybody's schedules had fallen apart. People couldn't go to work. They're working from home. They're trying to learn how to use Zoom. The whole world went on Zoom. Uh, no, nobody had ever heard of Zoom except a few accountants. And all of a sudden, the whole world was on Zoom. Kids are learning on Zoom. And people are getting drunk on Zoom. And Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. And uh, uh, no schedule, no nothing. And we go, we have to have something that we build our lives around. So we started doing this show every day at 2 p.m. And I'm glad that you join in. What do we do every day? I show you some strange piece of memorabilia that I have right here in the home office. Uh, in the uh, city that is the entertainment capital of America, Maricopa, Arizona. And how can I make that claim, you may ask? How can this man claim that the tiny hamlet, the tiny, tiny burg of Maricopa, Arizona, is the entertainment capital of the world? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because walking distance from my house, about less than two miles away, it's a, like a little bit of a hike, but it's two miles, two and a half miles no more than two and a half miles, is a full casino entertainment center hotel uh, where uh, Dwight Yoakam has played twice, once for free, I'd like to point out, Foghead's played for free, uh, and uh, the other reason that we can say it's the entertainment capital of the world is because living on a thin line, uh, the best podcast in all of Podcastville, takes place right here in Maricopa. Uh, and it's also where I run ComedySchools.com, ComedySchools.com. You know, I don't like this angle where I kind of got the, um, it's not, no, it's there. That's better. It was, I had like crooked ceiling. And I don't want you people to have to look at crooked ceiling. It just ain't right. So uh, that's what makes us the entertainment capital of Arizona is uh, mainly me. So um, I got uh, all kinds of strange, weird, fun, little funky artifacts here in the office that I've collected and they've gathered dust for years and years and years. Um and I show them to you and we talk about them. I got something kind of fun today. It's very inside baseball to a comedy in the uh, comedy in the 80s and 90s. Very inside baseball to comedy in the 80s and 90s. But I'm going to show it to you in a moment. And also, I recommend two, um, two artists or bands uh, based on my extensive vinyl album collection, which is vast and varied and wide. And I got a couple good things. As a matter of fact, I haven't really made a decision yet. Um, I've got several albums sitting right over here. That I'm going to show you the idea being that maybe if you used to like them and you stop listening to them, 
you go back and uh, uh, check them out again and maybe fall back in love with something that saw you through at a different time in your life. Or, or if you've never heard of them before, you go, okay, I'll try that. I'll give it a listen. Let's see what, let's see what's happening. Let's see what's happening. So uh, that's what we do here. Uh, we just did a list of the 10 coolest people ever. I'm not going to go through that list again. You've all heard it a hundred times if you regularly watch this show. Uh, I have been threatening to put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Chop Block, the <laughs> Tin Can and String. I'm going to start an internet-based social media site called, called Tin Can and String. Where uh, And that's uh, because that used to be a way that you could communicate when you were a kid. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to put them up so that we can have, uh, we can watch people argue about it. Hello, Champ de Blasio. Hello, DJ Payne. Hello, Shirley Visick sitting right over there. Um, who else have I got here? Uh, Kevin Brown, Shale Brenner, Randy Ioma, Charles Kaminsky, David John, uh, a.k.a. Uh, David Van Winkle. He goes by a, um, he goes by a, uh, not a nom de plume, Wouldn't be not, an alias. The man has an alias, David Van Winkle, man of mystery. So uh, that's kind of what we do. I'm a little dingy, a little tired. I got up early this morning. You know, the administration, the administrative work, the plus, if there are pluses, okay, in uh, having to uh, function this way is uh, there's no commute, save a ton of money on gas, uh, and you find yourself with uh, uh, anywhere between two and four extra hours a day. That is the plus. The negative is the amount of administrative work it takes to run anything like this in the way that we all have to do it now. It almost sucks up that time. You know, you almost wish, you go, man, I'd love to be in a traffic jam right about now. You go, man, I would love to be on the 405 in Los Angeles going two miles an hour right now on a hot day with my air conditioning out. I'd love to be on the 101 here in Phoenix, where people are driving like goddamn maniacs, trying to get all the way on, are taking the 10 at the Broadway curve, right where the 10 and the 60 meet, and you got to get all the way over to the 143, and you do some wild Tokyo drift so you can get over there, where the people are, well, the Mesa people are coming in off the 60, and the Tucson people and the truck drivers coming up the 10. You, I miss that. I miss almost taking my life into my hands just because I need to change lanes. I wish I had those days back when I go, oh, my God, you know, uh, when was the last time any of you went, Christ, my car is making a noise. You know, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter. Have you noticed, uh, I, I talk about this on Sunday, the Sunday night show. Let me say once again, because it's only Tuesday, so I can still brag about it. Last Sunday night's Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funnier was just uh, fantastic. We want to thank the headliner, John Gregory. And, of course, uh, uh, Paul Whitney and Randy Aoma and uh, special guest DJ Payne for being on the show. We had uh, tons of fun. I did mention, have you noticed your animals have gotten a little weird lately? Have you noticed that? Your animals have gotten a little strange? You know what's going on with them? They're finally starting to look at you like, aren't you supposed to be somewhere right now? I, uh, why are you still here? This is the time of day where I actually get some sleep because you're not running around doing goofy shit. Listen, you need to leave so I can lick my balls. So um, <laughs> they, they, they don't know what's going on either. They go, well, what are you still doing here? I, don't know. I, was gonna, I was just getting ready to chew up the new part of the couch. I know. Can't do it now. Can't do it now. They're here. You can't eat the couch. Can't lick my balls either. No, none of that. No couch eating. I don't know. Maybe they'll give us a dog treat. No, they're on diets. And now we're on diets. Isn't this great? Arr, 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 arr. 
So um, anyway, I don't know if you noticed that. Apparently not. Apparently you haven't noticed. Apparently you don't notice. <laughs> Apparently you're just sitting out there not noticing what's going on, man. All right, let's get to the uh, goofy stuff. Like I said, I always have all kinds of strange little things. I've been sitting in my office for years gathering dust, and I look at them and go, man, this meant something to me. This thing is kind of weird. I'm going to show it to you. It's a book. It's our first book. Here it is. Okay, you can't really make it out. Obviously, it's a cartoon book. It's a little cartoon book. Okay, and there's not a comic west of the Mississippi who started in the mid or late 80s and worked through the 90s that does not know the name David Tribble. David Tribble at one time, for you comics out there, booked more one-nighters than any other booker in the United States of America. He had work. He had work for everybody. And the work was all through the West. See, on the East Coast, it was kind of easy. When you realize how close Richmond is to D.C., to New York, to Philadelphia, to Baltimore, and those guys just whipped up and down from all those cities, and the population is so dense. Not so in the West, even though California has a huge population. When you get into the rest of the West, it's kind of sparse. And David booked the West. He booked, he booked out of Boise, Idaho originally, and then later on out of uh, Wenatchee, Washington, and he booked dozens upon dozens of nights in towns like Burley, Idaho, Twin Falls, Idaho, Cody, Wyoming, Rock Springs, Wyoming. And they paid a couple hundred bucks a night. And you had to drive hundreds of miles between each gig because that's the West is all spread out. So you might start out in Rock Springs, Wyoming on a Tuesday and then have to be all the way up Montana on a Wednesday, anywhere between two, four, five hundred 500 miles. I one time did 700 miles between gigs. For Dave, a wonderful guy, wonderful booking agent, uh, decent man, okay, uh, honest, honest booking agent, but everybody made fun of um, how far you had to go. And the name of this book is Trials and Tribulations uh, by two guys, I never, David Crow and Keith Hoffman, illustrated by a guy named Mike Cap. It's called How to Tell If You Might Be on a Tribble Run. So let's just go through some of these. If the words you scream in terror, if, if you scream in terror, the words, wow, we need gas, you might be in a triple run. I remember running out of gas, coming down out of a triple run out of, um, where the hell was I? Uh, the Tri-Cities, Kennewick, Washington, and uh, taking what looked like a shortcut down through the center of, uh, of, uh, uh, of Idaho and Washington, Nevada, instead of going all the way over and taking the 80 over to the... Uh, five or whatever and run out of gas in some little town and some old man had a gas pump gave me gas at three o'clock in the morning uh if you begin to empathize with lewis and clark you might be on a triple run <laughs> if all your <laughs> if all your punch lines are followed by the click of a cue ball you might be on a triple run because you'd work these rough bars for him man and uh there'd still be guys playing pool in the back and hey we ain't stop playing poker's comedy uh, if at any point you make visual contact with a Molly Hatchet cassette, <laughs> it might be on a triple run. So he's got cool little illustrations in here. And, um, you know, they say you're only remembered for three generations at most. Most people who live uh, will only be remembered for three generations at most. And that David Tribble's name is not bigger in the uh, annals, not the annals, not the annals, don't go that way, in the annals of stand-up comedy uh, will be a shame if that is the case. If the name of every business you see ends with the words and casino, 
you might be on a triple run because they opened up all these little casinos out there. It'd be Grandma's Antiques and Casino. If you refer to the hottest chick at the bar as that girl who won the fight, <laughs> you might be on a triple run. <laughs> if the mic has a flexible top, you might be on a triple run. If you downshift more than you break, you might be on a triple run. You drove hundreds of miles, but David Tribble helped pay for my house all through the 80s and 90s. Uh, a friend of my family's, and somebody put together a little cartoon book that is a rarity now called You Might Be on a Triple Run, and I found it today. And you know what happens with stand-up comedy is um, we all say that we love Lenny Bruce, and we all say we love George Carlin, you know, and all this, and we don't remember all the people that built this stunning business that's still going, still going. I'm fascinated by, we weren't the only ones that move all of our business onto Zoom. There's open mics and other shows going on in Zoom right now, and it's just fantastic because comics are people that have to, real comics, real comics. And I, uh, you decide if you're a real comic or not. I don't make that decision. Real comics, they realize that all by, the, they're sitting there and they got a blank sheet of paper and they start writing stuff down. And then they remember that stuff and they say that stuff. And if the stuff's good enough, they give them money. And sometimes it's in a bar, and sometimes it's in a club, and sometimes it's in front of 5,000, and sometimes it's in front of five. But they know they just got to keep doing. You just got to keep doing. You just got to keep on keeping on. And there were people to help build that business. And of course, we know the big names. We know Bud Friedman. We know Mitzi Shore. We know those names. But the David Tribbles and Tom Sobels and John Yoders, who employed hundreds, if not thousands, of people who had a hope and a dream, and they said, all right, we'll book you. Come on up here. Uh, they were one, really wonderful guys, you know, and I missed the days when I went, oh, today's the day I got to call John Yoder and see if I can fill up my month with Michigan gigs. Today's the day I got to call David because <laughs> it's summer and I want to I wanna be over uh, on the West Coast. Anyway, so somebody actually wrote a, a, a cartoon book uh, dedicated to David and uh, the miles and the, the miles you had to travel in the towns you ended up in when you were doing a David Tribble show. Hey, uh, I'll tell you real quick, there's a couple things that you want to know about. I'll be announcing this week. It's, it's already up on a website somewhere. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what website. You can look around. Uh, our first live show. By the way, we right now claim, we're laying claim to this, that we were the last, that a, a ComedySchools.com class clown show was the last live stand-up comedy show done in the greater Phoenix area before the city shut down. And that was on March 15th, Sunday afternoon at Stir Crazy in Glendale, Tom Sims Club. Tom, great club owner. We were the last one. There was a podcast show that went on that night, but hardly anybody showed up. As far as a stand-up show, we were the last one. Okay, and then everything was shut down. We will not be the first one coming back, nor do we want to be. But we are coming back at the end of June, everything permitting, with our first live show in a comedy club. I'll be announcing when and where later on this week. So you're going to have to tune in all week to find out, find out which day I announced that. Um, it's already up on a website. So if you do a little digging around, you'll find it. You'll find it and you'll find the date. But before that, um, I got to tell you, I'm having a lot of fun doing Zoom stuff. I like the excitement of a new challenge. I like the excitement of, uh, of using uh, social media and the internet to uh, reach more and more people. Uh, across the uh, a wider universe. So uh, we're going to continue doing this this Sunday night once again for you. And even once they open the clubs, there's going to be a lot of you who will want to go to clubs. There's going to be a lot of you going, I no, uh-uh. But I, I would like to see something new or something different. 
So we're going to continue to offer the uh, Tony Visick Presents Sunday Nights Funnier every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Uh, later on tonight, you'll get an announcement. It'll be out on social media who is on uh, this coming Sunday show. All right. And tickets are always easy to get. You go to comedyschools.com or comedyschoolsradionetwork.com and you'll be able to download the uh, link. You'll be able to download the link. Uh, we got that coming up. Also, I got brand new workshops coming up uh, next week. Uh, advanced class March 27th, beginning class March 28th. If you're interested in those classes, uh, some of you are already interested and you just know how to uh, sign up and, uh, and I'll see you in them. But if you're new or different or still thinking about it, go to comedyschools.com. Go to comedyschoolsradionetwork.com. Uh, read the uh, junk we printed up there. Uh, write me. My email address is there. Or call me. My phone number is there. And we'll, uh, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. So we got stuff coming up for you guys. Live, in person, and here uh, in the wonderful world. And the wonderful world of the social media. All right. Let's get to the music. I think I'm going to recommend three albums today. Because uh, this first one you've never heard of. And uh, they weren't around very long, but they were fantastic. And uh, here it is. Okay. So they're pretty cool artwork. A lot of money was put into it. This was a band called uh, Box of Frogs. Box of Frogs. And you've never heard of them. But you heard of the band that they all were in when they were young. This was a bunch of guys later on in life getting back together. And it was John Fiddler, Jim McCarthy, Chris Dreha, and Paul Samuel Smith, at least two of them, original founding members of the Yardbirds. Now, the Yardbirds were a stunningly great band that gave us three of the greatest guitarists of the classic rock era. All three of these guys played in that band, Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, and Eric Clapton. But in that band also was and they had all those great songs like For Your Love. Uh, For Your Love, I Give You Anything. Um, but Jim McCarty and Chris Dreha were in that band, as I believe the other guys were. So it was a reconstituting of the original Yardbirds. And they had a stunningly good song called Back Where I Started. Here's what it says in here. I'm going to read this to you. On June 25th, 1983, as part of London's historic Marquee Club's 25th anniversary celebrations, the original Yardbirds, Paul Samuel Smith, Chris Dreha, and Jim McCarty, found themselves together on stage again. Must be kind of a weird thing to have been in one of the most important bands in uh, uh, British rock and that so many of the people that stood next to you were now uh, considered almost like gods and you're kind of not known, but you're still still great. Uh, the same venue had been a regular night spot for the legendary guitar-based blues rock band that was the springboard for the likes of Clapton, Beck, and Page. For Paul, Chris, and Jim, this reunion made them realize they had to make more music in the Yardbirds tradition. Then they added Madison Head, John Fiddler on vocals to form the nucleus of the band. And on Christmas Eve in 1983, Jeff Beck joined them at a recording session at a farmhouse south of London and had his unique touch on four of the tracks. As the old friends jumped into the sessions, the idea of the group's new name came about. Now with a fresh spirit and basic rock and roll roots, this is a new band from across the pond. So, obviously not a new band. This came out in the 80s. But it had Jeff Beck on guitar again. And when I first heard the song back where I started, it burst through the radio. And I went, wow, what is that? And I researched and I found out. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for something new to listen to that you never heard of that's actually old, 
YouTube Box of Frogs, YouTube Back Where I Started, and then you tell me if it's not one of the most kick-ass blues rock songs you ever heard. All right, that's a big gift to you today. It's almost as big as when I turned you on to the electric flag. Then who are we going to talk about next? You know what? We'll go with this just to show everyone I got the album. Uh, a lot of people my age talk about this band. But the week this album came out, I had saved up my money and went out and bought the album. So I bought this album in 1969. I have had this album since 1969. And who is it? It is Blind Faith. <clears throat> and who was Blind Faith? It was Ginger Baker, Rick Gretsch, Eric Clapton, and Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood from Traffic, Eric Clapton from Cream, Ginger Baker from Cream, and Rick Gretsch from Family, whoever the fuck they were. So, um, and Blind Faith was the first of that era supergroup where people from a other major bands had gotten together and farmed a new band. And this album sold like hotcakes. It sold millions. Everyone loved it. There are people right now posted on Facebook as they're posting the 10 albums that influenced me the most and that sort of thing. And 90% of the time, if they're in their 60s, they mention Blind Faith. So Blind Faith had some stunning songs. Had to Cry Today and Can't Find My Way Home, both written by Steve Winwood. Then Well All Right, which was written by Petty, Holly, Allison, and Maudlin. Uh, Holly being Buddy Holly. They did a Buddy Holly tune. So I'm a kid, 12, 13 years old. I didn't know who Buddy Holly was, and I'm rocking out to Buddy Holly. Presence of the Lord, written by Eric Clapton. See a Joy, written by Steve Winwood. Do What You Like by Ginger Baker, which is this incredibly... And, you know, it used to be a big thing in those days, in the 60s and 70s, to have uh, one whole side just be one song. The Inagata DeVita Syndrome. You know, it would be a 15-minute song with a giant drum solo. And if you want to hear why Ginger Baker was considered one of the best drummers of all time ever, jazz, pop, or rock, uh, YouTube, do what you like. It's 15 minutes and 20 seconds. And listen to his drum solo and tell me it doesn't just beat the shit out of anything that John Bonham did or the drummer for uh, Iron Butterfly. And those were all good drummers and all good bands. Okay, so um, Blind Faith, 1969. I've had the album. I saved up money. I think it was three ninety nine. It's beaten, it's torn and frayed, but I still have it. I'm going to recommend one more album just to freak you out. And here it is. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Who is that? Who is that? Why, that is under the influence of Love Unlimited, produced by Barry White. This was a three-girl group produced by Mr. Barry White. It was, this is disco at its most disco-y. Love Unlimited and uh, Love's Theme, which was a huge nonstop, uh, you couldn't get away from it, hit, written by Barry White, then Under the Influence of Love, written by Barry White, then Loving You, That's All I'm After, written by Barry White. Oh, Love, We Finally Made It, written by Barry White. <laughs> Side two, say it again. Someone really cares for you. It may be winter outside, but in my heart, it's spring. And yes, we finally made it. All written by Barry White. <laughs> so this was disco at its zenith. This was when Barry White ruled supreme. He put together this uh, girl group, Love Unlimited, totally uh, a concoction of the studio. 
But uh, if you're ever nostalgic, here's the thing. I liked a lot of disco. You couldn't like it back then if you were a guy like me because the people you hung out with, you go, disco sucks. That, that, that goddamn music sucks. It's crap. That's just shit. And those discos, those people in there suck. And we were all insecure because we couldn't dance. That's all. And a lot of the move, music was terrible. It was simplistic. But it was great dance music. And uh, Barry White was a great artist. And, uh, uh, and I liked a lot of it. And I think it's okay, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's okay to like Miles Davis and Barry White. I think it's okay to like the Grateful Dead and the Bee Gees. And we can all get along, ladies and gentlemen. All of us can be brothers and sisters. We can all exist under one sun, okay? And whether you voted for Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, no, never mind that, 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 that shit doesn't work. <laughs> whether you voted them, we can all get along if we just realize that you can like the Grateful Dead and the Bee Gees. And it's okay. It's okay. If you secretly like crappy music, it's okay. Don't be afraid anymore. All right. I'm done with the show for today. I hope you had fun. I had fun doing it. Uh, who knows? Uh, a million years from now, the only thing that might be left when some other civilization is excavating and finds our civilization deep under the rubble as we have found Rome and Egypt and so many places, one of the few things that might exist is a way to access the internet. And one of the few things left on the internet just might be living on a thin line. So we could be part of eternity, you and I. But if not, let's do it again tomorrow at 2 p.m., okay? I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. with another show for you with more recommendations, more fun, and more weird little stuff. Go to ComedySchools.com to find out about all the other stuff I do. I do it for me, and I do it for you. That's the show for today. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.